Guess who's back? Back again. We did Shady's back. Tell a friend. Yeah. We've done this one. No, we have not. Yes, we have. Okay, we'll pick a new one. It's okay. It's too late now. <laughs> Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess. Okay. Um, it's been Mom's like a a month and a bit before since we've recorded because we recorded the last episode. Mm-hmm before the holidays yeah uh we had to wait for retrograde to end give us a break that it's a good it was a good call (laughs) uh, personally it was a great call so welcome back to paranormal everyone um i'm i'm not marie i'm nicolina you're marie's (laughs) number one fan nicolina (laughs) big marie head um And I'm Marie. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, we, uh, I don't know if you all heard the episode last week, but we had a pretty cool guest, Jim Harold, on it. We also got featured in Apple Podcasts, yeah. uh, like their their featured hero emerging voices um, yeah. thing. So that's really cool. So if you guys go on Apple Podcasts, you should find us at the top there when you scroll. It's like in the banner. And mm-hmm. um we're also going to be this episode will be our first episode that is ad free on Apple. So if you are an Apple subscriber, so it'll be a $4 subscription a month, you will be able to get this episode completely ad free. You will also get bonus content from this episode um, only on Apple, nowhere else. Mm -hmm. So that's great. Also, if you're a Patreon, you will get this episode ad-free on Patreon. But that's yes. it. So yeah. Patreons, you now get free ad-free ad episodes. episodes. And um, Apple subscribers get ad-free episodes plus a bit of bonus content. But they all they don't get the, all, all the perks of the Patreon. Yeah. Does. So, yeah. You decide what you want to do if you don't want to listen to ads in our episodes because we don't control that anymore <laughs> no we don't they're there though they're there um, speaking of patreon do we yes. not have a shout out to give to somebody we have a massive shout out to give yeah. yes we do um steven i believe mm-hmm. um is the man the man the, the, the myth, myth the legend, the legend <laughs> um who has become a uh i believe it is called one second sorry i forget what our tears are called (laughs) (laughs) uh our our head witch tier Mm -hmm. yeah head of the coven uh, what's that head of the coven head of the coven yes (laughs) so steven um thank you for your commitment to um being a head witch you will Sorry, it just it just reminded me of the that scene in Donnie Darko where she's like, sometimes I doubt your commitment to Sparkle Motion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. I don't know why I said it like that, it's but okay. it felt but right. Seriously, Stephen, thank you for your commitment to yeah. us. Yes, and I've sent you a message about um, being a guest or sending in a story that you would like us to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's right back. Send, send back if you if, if you, you want, want to or do, or don't like yeah. it's totally up to you if you don't want to but you yeah. will still um get all the other bonus 
perks from uh, being a Patreon. And with the head witch, if you are a head witch and you stay in this category for six months, you will um, receive a surprise box for um, our with spooky items. So yeah, yeah. Just a couple of spooky gals giving you some spooky stuff. Yeah. So but yeah. Anyway, that's that's some news. Yeah, that's our housekeeping. That's everyone. some housekeeping. We haven't done some housekeeping in a while. Yeah. So. I'm we're, I'm ready to go. Uh, we're going to do some horoscopes first. I'm, I'm even more ready. Okay, I'm glad. <laughs> I wasn't it, actually. <laughs> do you want me okay. to go first? You can go first. I I'm think, getting yeah, parched. I think it's my turn anyway. Okay. Okay. So here's your horoscope. Okay. It may feel like something has suddenly clicked into place for you today, Leo, because you found the missing piece of a puzzle that you've been working on. The answers may be subtle, but they're there. Fantasy and a playful attitude will lead you to them effortless, effortlessly. Spread your ideas to the world and encourage others to join in your daydreams. Okay, well, a couple things happened today in my personal, like, home project. So, like, um, mm-hmm. we had been looking tirelessly for the perfect sink and vanity thing for our cottage but we have a problem with our cottage we have piping that goes along the base of the of the room yep because it has to be inside not outside or else the pipes will freeze yes so because of that the vanity cannot be all the way to the ground Mm -hmm. or it would need to be pulled from the wall which would look really weird and too far from the wall Mm -hmm. um or we need to cut out a portion of a vanity if we got like a full box vanity right yeah we also have like a weird setup where we have more room on the right uh, on the right side and less room on the left side and this one came up and it it doesn't actually have a um like undermount like it doesn't have any storage underneath which yeah. is fine because i wanted the clearance it's fine for the space yeah. but it does have a right side counter so it's just like it's a little bit longer and there's more space to actually put things Perfect. and stuff on top of. And it was 260 bucks and I got a 10% discount on Wayfair. What the for hell? It. Wayfair. Give us some ad revenue. <laughs> I know. I think they probably do Sponsor advertise with us. us. They might. Yeah. <laughs> so that was that clicked for that. And then at work, there was a few things that clicked. Not really anything detailed, but things that I was like, oh, I don't know if that's what's going on with that. And then like I got it figured out. So yeah, good. I think it resound like it resonated slightly. I think so. I think you okay. got that. Cool. <laughs> All right, yours is Gemini. Mm-hmm. Let your childlike side come out and play today. Your dreams are in a in full force, so let them lead the way. Mm-hmm. Enjoy lighthearted conversations with friends about the latest movies or novels. Okay. You might want to go shopping or get a haircut. This is a good day to improve your general appearance. You have a much keener eye for style on a day like this. Okay, so a few things. I was just saying to you that lately I've just been like, normally when faced with stressors or whatever, I tend to freak out. I'm the one who freaks out. Um, But for some reason, everyone around me has been the ones freaking out and I'm the one who's able to remain calm. And I just kind of feel like, yeah. Not that it was totally what it's saying, but it's like, let your child, like, no, yeah, let your child, I see that. Si- childlike side come out to play. And I did think to myself earlier today, like, when I was a kid, I would always just be like, who cares? 
Right. And that's kind of what I was doing today. What you were doing, yes. Whatever, yeah. we'll figure it yeah. out. It'll get there. Um, work, you didn't you don't you didn't let the weight of the world get get you down. Right. Yeah. Work was super slow today. So, mm-hmm. for most of my work day, after I was done all my tasks and I was just waiting for people to call in with whatever problem they needed me to solve, yep. I just crocheted blankets. So, oh, wow. like, you know, followed my dreams there of becoming cool. the fiber artist uh most famous fiber artist in the world um, <laughs> and then here's where we get like okay our conversations were not so lighthearted today it was a lot of ranting for you and true I. true <laughs> but, um going shopping not me but my husband's out there with my money shopping yep and, yep um, this part this is a good day to improve your general appearance so as you can tell I'm wearing makeup today you are I was in gonna my- say that most of our our face-to-face interactions here I'm like hair and ponytail yeah no makeup on don't really give a shit about what yes. I look like even I was wondering reels get posted on Instagram and TikTok so mm-hmm. um what what uh this I promise this ties into the horoscope no I believe you uh we got some good news from our network today that we got 1100 downloads in like mm-hmm. a day mm-hmm. which is a a way more than we're used to getting in a day. In a day, yeah. Um, yep. And I was like, I need to put makeup on because more people are listening to us. <laughs> Me, I'm in a robe and I have, I don't know if you can see it, but a pimple in the fucking center, like mm. a bullet hole oh, pimple in the it. center of my forehead. I so um, I don't know if I'll be making a video for this one, but maybe <laughs> I will just for you. Thanks. You can just put just my side. Aside. I'll just put your side in. I can make that happen. Um, And then, yeah, when it said like, whatever, like about your dreams are in full force, so let them lead the way. I mean, yeah, I mean, I've been doing this podcast since 2017. These My dreams are starting, looks like they're starting to lead the way here a little bit with the Apple feature, the subscription service, and these da- yes. extra downloads we've been getting. Um, yeah. So yeah, I put some makeup on for everyone today. I didn't get a haircut. How though. nice. Anyway. How nice. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, I don't know if you have a theme. I know I, I told you the theme of mine, but I don't know if you mm-mm. were in line with that theme at I all. I tried. Looked okay. up some stories, couldn't really find anything. That's okay. Yours. It, was a, it was a little unique, it I was. think. Um, yeah. But I I did something, I guess not, not totally in that realm, but maybe. Okay. Um, I'm going to talk to you guys today about the story of Haley Ziga. And okay. um, she, uh, okay, I got my, my sources. I got ArkansasOnline.com. Mamamia.com.au, Australian, uh, a YouTube video by Haley, who is the subject of the story, and a Mojave Beach production podcast episode. So, really full, a full, fully full citation, fully stacked here. So, 20 years ago, six year old Haley Ziga went hiking with her grandparents in the forest above the Buffalo National River. She recalls being really tired and hot and she had sat down on a rock. She was in a bad mood because she hadn't been getting her way that day. And her final straw was when she wanted to climb down a tree to see a waterfall. 
And her grandparents told her, no, we're not, we're not doing that. And then like, and like rightfully so. So as yeah, I totally would, acceptable right? to say no to a kid doing that. Yeah. As, but as I would have done at six years old, Haley planted herself right where she was on that rock. And she told her grandparents, she's not going anymore. She's not moving from this spot. And in a move that I totally would also do as a parent now, her grandparents called her bluff and started walking away and were just kind of like, okay, bye then. We're going to leave you thinking that she's going to be like, oh my God, like we're going to come, we're going to come either begrudgingly go with them yep. or she's going to be there when we come back in like a minute because they they weren't going to actually leave, leave her, her there and continue yeah, 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 yeah. hike. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, by the time they did return and make their way back to her, she was gone. No. Haley states that she did decide to follow her grandparents a few moments after they were out of sight. And she headed in what she thought was the direction that they had headed, but she actually took a path that was leading directly away from them. Right. In the Mamma Mia article, they said that this resulted in the largest search and rescue mission that was ever carried out in Arkansas history. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. So Haley was actually missing for 52 hours. She was six in the wilderness for 52 hours. Wow. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't survive. Nope. I wouldn't survive at this age. <laughs> no. I have she... no. I have no skills like that. No. She stated that the trees were really dense and that any worn path like seemed like this would be the right one to take. But eventually it became evident to Haley that she was not headed in the right direction. And so her plan changed. Um, It turns out after reading through these articles that she was actually on like a deer hunting path. And so she's just going farther and farther into the wilderness. So she decided that she was going to keep walking Uh, along the Buffalo River until she could find a gas station to call her parents, which is a brilliant idea. So by the time Haley was... She's six and she decided this? Yeah. Yeah. She did. They did mention like her statements in the YouTube video and in the articles did say that like she used to retain information like a sponge. Okay. So if she had heard like one person one time saying if you ever get lost by water follow the river and eventually you'll get to civilization that would have been something that she would have okay okay so um by the time Haley was found she had climbed out of the mountains walked along the river for a few nights spent one night on a rock in the middle of the water and the next night she spent in a cave she also did not eat or drink anything because she didn't think it was safe to do. So oh probably God. another instance where someone told don't her don't eat berries because you don't know which ones are poisonous. Right. Da, 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 da. right. At one point during her ordeal, there were helicopters that were searching for her and they had flown by her. So Haley swam to a rock in the middle of the river to try to help them see her, but they passed her by. She tried, this girl is like brilliant, six years old, okay? She tried different ways to get the attention of anyone who might be looking for her, including throwing sand in the air, hoping that the helicopters would see it, and yelling out hers and her parents' names. Over a thousand volunteers helped in the search for Haley, but two people who were not affiliated with the search efforts and their donkeys were the ones who eventually found her over five miles from where she was last seen. Oh my God. Yeah. 
William Jeff Villanez and Lytle James had been searching for Haley, but not where the rest of the searchers were looking. They had a hunch that they were looking, that the searchers were looking in the wrong spots, and they found her sitting by the river and carried her out of the wilderness on top of one of their donkeys. And Haley said, I was just so relieved to see people. I had been alone for so long, and it was just a relief to know that I wasn't alone anymore. They were so kind to me, and I trusted them because I didn't have another choice, and they turned out to be heroes. I truly owe my life to William Jeff Villanez and Lytle James. They gave me chocolate pudding and Diet Coke, and I remember one of them carved a makeshift spoon out of a little tree branch. I was so exhausted, but so relieved. Mm -hmm. I remember being in the back of an ambulance, and it was the first time I had ever seen my dad cry. I was so exhausted and dehydrated that as happy as I was to be found, I don't imagine that I was particularly expressive at that point. But I remember my mom climbing into the back of the ambulance and I could feel the relief radiating off of her. Their mother and daughter agreed that their brush with disaster disaster only strengthened their bond. I think it would have been really easy for my mom to become a helicopter parent, but I know she made a conscious choice to not do so is what Haley said Mm -hmm. we had a really good relationship then and now so Haley obviously went through a lot during her ordeal but luckily she did not have to feel alone and she did have some help on her journey because along her way Uh she met up with a young girl Alicia (gasps) tell me now the weird thing about Alicia I got chills (laughs) is that When locals heard the description of her that Haley had given, they remembered the story of a four-year-old girl named Alana who had the same long black hair and brown eyes that Haley had mentioned and remembered that she had been missing and was eventually found deceased in the area where Haley went missing about 23 years before Haley's ordeal. So there's that. Now... I don't want to be sensational and like sensationalize this in any way. Sure, sure. So I want to just let everybody know how Haley views Alicia and the situation with Alicia. Okay. So she says, I have always referred to her as an imaginary friend and I will always refer to her as an imaginary friend. And she added that she doesn't want to analyze it any farther than that. In the intervening years, people have come up with theories of who they believe she was, be it the ghost of another little girl or a guardian angel or just a psychological phenomenon. I respect these theories, but personally, I'm not interested in speculation. She was an entity that kept me company when I needed her and at times helped me navigate the forest. I'm grateful to her and I'll leave it at that. I haven't seen her again, but I am glad that I had her while I did. And then also in the episode, she had been talking about how it was Alicia who told her how to get to the river. And there were many different ways to get to the river. But the one way that Alicia told her how to get there was the only way that was safe. Like she wouldn't have been, she wouldn't have. Right. She took the one route that was safe, according to from what I'm gathering from the articles that I've read and and the YouTube video and the podcast episode that I listened to. If she had gone the other ways, she probably wouldn't be here. 
But wow. the one okay. way that her imaginary friend or entity, right. as she said, Alicia, told her to go was the only way to get to the river without her, with her making it, essentially. And that is the, that's the whole story. It's a shorty. But that's okay. That's that was, that was a good one. I really like that. Of, of Haley Ziger, Ziga and, uh, and her fr- imaginary friend, possibly, who knows, Alana Coolio. or Alicia. Sorry, Alicia. Imaginary friend, Alicia. I'm curious to know what the locals think, like if they actually think it, like, obviously they think it's someone. I just would like to know the backstory on that person. Um, yeah, I tried. I did try to look into it. So, yeah, uh, the problem is Haley went missing in 1995. So 20 okay. years ago. And then yeah. 23 years before that was when Alana was found. Right. So right. I couldn't really find any information about her. Sure. Other than well, the they probably didn't say, know that they needed to keep any inventory about oh, this person um, no, and course. that she would potentially reemerge in a separate incident right um wow well cool um well let's take a little bit of a a break and then uh i'll tell you my story okay well we're back and my story is i would say it's paranormal in that people are not sure if this is actually um, something that can happen to people, that they can repress and disassociate and then remember things from the past through um, and whether or not hypnosis actually reemerges as true memories or false mm. memories. So, this was a huge case back in the day. I vaguely remember my mom talking about it because it was around the time that I was born, and then things came out about this story when I was like a child. um, That kind of the case continued basically. Um, Mm -hmm. So, so a lot of stuff was going on still, even past the original trial, which happened in 1989. So if anyone's watched the uh, series Buried on uh, Showtime, it's also on Crave. This is basically the entire um, story of of that series. There were multiple articles about this. Some were from a biased perspective. I'm just going to take an unbiased article about recounting the entire story. Mm -hmm. Um, So I only used eonline.com and then I'll kind of touch on what the defense ended up saying about it. But the title of this is called Murder Memories and a Shattered Family, the twisted case unearthed in Showtime's Buried. Barry digs into what happened after Eileen Franklin said she remembered seeing her father kill her best friend 20 years after the horrific crime occurred. (laughs) Yeah. So... Susan Nason and Eileen Franklin were eight years old and the best of friends. Their families lived around the corner from each other in Foster City, California, and the girls who had just started third grade spent lots of times at each other's homes. So when Susan disappeared on September 22, 1969, after getting permission from her mom to return a pair of gym shoes to her friend's house, In an era where young girls roaming around their own neighborhoods unaccompanied was the norm, 
Two families were devastated and a whole community was terrified by the prospect of a kidnapper on the loose. Police and search parties scoured the streets and surrounding woods to no avail. On December 2nd of that year, Susan's remains were found under an old mattress lying at the bottom of a ravine, roughly 35 feet below Half Moon Bay Road near the Crystal Springs Reservoir, which is about 10 miles away from Foster City. So this was about four months after she originally went missing. Okay. She was formally identified by dental records, and her mother recognized her own stitch work on the dress her daughter had been wearing. Foster's, it's terrible. That's horrible. Foster City Police Chief Gordon Penfold told reporters at the time that Susan's parents were in shock. They'd had an emotional collapse, naturally. I will also, I want to add trigger warning to a lot of what's going to be discussed here. Yeah, we should. Um, Okay. Yeah. So before I go any further, trigger warning to anyone who has been a victim of abuse or trauma, uh, especially in a domestic household or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the cause of death appeared to be blunt force trauma. Her head below her right ear caved in from a massive blow, perhaps from a rock. This is going to be a tough case to crack, Penfold admitted, but we've got the sheriff's office with us now. Susan's murder remained unsolved, authorities only ending up with more questions than answers as their few leads led nowhere. In the meantime, Eileen's family moved away from Foster City in 1971. The case remained cold until January 1989, when one day, Eileen was at her Los Angeles area home with her two-year-old son Aaron on her lap and her five-year-old daughter Jessica coloring on the floor with two friends. At some point, she would recall, her eyes met Jessica's, and a terrifying image just popped into her head, Susan being murdered. If you look at the pictures of the two girls, they are, they eerily look alike. Like, they both have freckles, they both have like the the same color hair, they both have like space between their teeth. Like, it looks, her daughter looks like it could have been her friend's daughter. Wow, okay, okay. So... This image just occurred to her when she looked in in her daughter's eyes. Okay. She resisted the increasingly vivid memory at first, but then started sharing what she was seeing, first with her therapist and then with family members, including her siblings, mother, and husband. A horrific sequence of events soon came into focus. According to court documents, her spouse, Barry Lisker, encouraged her to go to the police, but she hesitated. Barry was actually the first to contact authorities, making an anonymous call on November 17, 1989, to say that his wife had witnessed a murder committed by someone she knew well, but she was scared to come forward because the killer had threatened her life. The police said they couldn't really do anything until they heard from the alleged witness herself. On another call later that day, Eileen spoke to police to back up what Barry had said, but she was reluctant to give too many details including the purported killer's name. In another call a few days later, she told police almost everything she had remembered. Being in a vehicle with the killer when they picked up Susan across the street from the child's house, driving out to the woods in the direction of Half Moon Bay, the killer assaulting her friend and striking Susan twice in the head with a rock. 
helping the killer cover the dead girl with an old mattress, seeing a crushed silver ring on Susan's finger. It wasn't until her sixth phone call with authorities, their second conversation on the day of November 22nd, after detectives told Eileen that her story seemed consistent with what they'd read in the case file, the victim was hit twice in the head, likely with a rock, there was a smashed metal ring on Susan's right middle finger, and more. Things that were previously not reported in the media, that she told them that she had seen her father, George Franklin, kill Susan. Right. George, a retired firefighter, was arrested on suspicion of murder on November 28th and went on trial the following year. He pleaded not guilty. The, the investigators at the time were like, she couldn't have known these things. There's no way. They, they felt confident that what she was telling them were things that she had no other way of knowing unless she saw it. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So in the four-part docuseries, Barry digs into what was at the time the first instance of a repressed memory coming to light and leading to not only an arrest, but a murder conviction. A shocking outcome that, culturally speaking, would not only affect criminal investigations and case law forever, but also inspire countless plot twists on shows ranging from Law and Order to Melrose Place to talk shows just like across the board. Like it became a cultural phenomenon because of this this story. Gotcha. Shelley Long played Eileen in the inevitable 1992 TV movie about the trial called Fatal Memories. And I oh remember it. I remember it. I looked it up and I saw her face. I'm like, I remember this airing. No um, way. Yeah. So the story had so many effects to the justice system, the mental health profession and how society at large thinks about memory. It's like a psychological thriller, legal drama and Greek tragedy all rolled into one. Once they were old enough, the four Franklin sisters had all been quick to get away from their father. By multiple accounts, George was a controlling, abusive man who beat and sexually abused Eileen and her older sister, Janice Franklin. And according to a probation report released in 1992, once held a gun to his wife's head. Okay, so not a good guy. Not a good guy. And... I just want to re- like I just want to clarify yeah what you're telling us are v- like it's not her repressed memories that are coming out is this from her this is not a repressed memory these are not repressed memories these are facts like that police files corroborated facts okay. police files like he had been arrested for for the gun incident and like well called because of that her entire family corroborates that he was abusive like okay. the, every like it's not just her repressed memory. It's literally Correct. the whole family saying this has happened. So just want to know how much I hate him. Right. For yes. now. Yes. 100%. We, I might hate him more in a bit, but just wanted to know how much I hate him right now. Right. So <laughs> the fact that she had this memory come up, she's literally never said anything about her father until now, until this memory has started. Okay. She probably could have gone to police and maybe at the time, maybe I don't know what happened at the time with like household abuse like that mm-hmm. um but obviously she was too scared to go anywhere yeah, and tell anyone and her mother was petrified etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. janice first went to police in 1984 with her suspicion so this is her sister oh with okay. her sister with her suspicion that her fa- father may have killed susan but she had no evidence for them to pursue the accusation okay 
Her and Eileen's accounts of his past abuse made some wonder if perhaps they wanted revenge by any means possible to accuse him of this. Okay. According to Eileen and Janice, their mother, Leah Franklin, who separated from George in 1974, told them that she also had suspected her former husband was responsible for Susan's death, Mm -hmm. but was too afraid to go to police. Okay. The prosecutor who first heard Eileen's story, um, San Mateo County Assistant District Attorney Martin Murray, found her credible. Look, if there's anything I want you to find out, find out if she's a nut. Murray recalled telling Detective Morse in a deposition, part of a federal lawsuit George Franklin later filed against Murray, his daughter, and the detectives who first interviewed her in 1989 for allegedly conspiring to arrest him without probable cause. Hmm. He, He lost that suit, by the way. Good. But George's attorney would maintain that Eileen was suggestible and that outside influences had helped her paint a compelling but imagined version of events from 1969. Okay. During a preliminary hearing in May 1990, Eileen testified that she remembered riding in her dad's Volkswagen van when she spotted Susan, Susie, as she called her as a child, and asked him if they could pick her up. The two kids went to play around in the back of the van, she recalled, where there was a mattress instead of seats. Hmm. George drove toward Crystal Springs Reservoir and pulled over on Half Moon Bay Road, and Eileen went up front while her dad went into the back of the van. She turned around. Her father was on top of Susan, and the child was struggling and telling him to stop. Her next memory, Eileen said, was standing at the top of an embankment looking down at her father, who had a rock in his hand, and Susan. I think I did something that caused Susan to look up at me, Eileen said. After seeing him hit her twice, I closed my eyes. I think I turned away. Eileen said that when she tried to run towards her friend, her father grabbed her arm and said it was her fault for inviting Susan along in the first place oh and that he would kill her if she told anyone what happened. When George's lawyer, Douglas Horngrad, and I have to tell you, when I was watching this and this lawyer was on the screen, I mm-hmm. was like, I don't know how you get paid to do to to do this. Like, right. OK, I just I couldn't understand how this person was like, yeah, I'm going to agree to do this. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> like because he knows the history of domestic abuse as well and it's just yes. like you know what even if he didn't do it it's yeah just let this, this guy is, fry you know it's such a um I I always think about that during like like oh I don't care if it's controversial but I'm like who the in their right minds would defend Casey Anthony right and right like, just right like that but like it's literally their job as a defense lawyer. I know, like, I know. What, like we can't just and I mean we can't just have people not defend it. I know. Like, I completely <laughs> get it. It's just very hard for me to like this guy was like it. adamant like it's, I am on his side. So yeah, I was just like, "Oh, like you can defend him, but like come on. Don't be like fully like on his like I don't know." Yeah. Come on. Anyway. <laughs> come on. So um, when he pressed her on cross-examination about inconsistencies in her account among the times she had told her story, Eileen replied, I can't give exact perfect details. It was also like 20 years ago. Right. So no one remembers that many perfect details from 20 years ago. So it's like, I don't know why she would be expected to remember that, but he... I think it's kind of like 
if you saw your dad murder your friend, you can't remember details about that day. Like that would be a day that I would remember details. Right. But you might also like anyone. It's so traumatic. Repress a lot of the details as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So the defense lawyer suggested she was influenced by her husband, the one who had called police in the first place and who Eileen admitted wanted to keep some of the money she was being Mm. offered to sell the rights to her story while she preferred to keep it away to charity. Okay. The lawyer also floated the possibility that her purported memories had surfaced while she was hypnotized in therapy, knowing California courts didn't allow testimony derived from hypnosis. So specifically, you are not allowed to testify in court based on any interaction with someone conducting hypnosis on those memories. Got you. Okay. They can, they're inadmissible memories. Got you. Yeah. So Kirk Barrett, a marriage counselor Eileen had been seeing when her memory returned in January 1989, testified during the pre-trial hearing that his patient had suffered from post-traumatic stress, which caused her to suppress her memories of what happened to Susan, a fairly normal way for a mind to deal with trauma, he said. Yeah. At trial that fall, George did not testify in his own defense, and there was no physical evidence connecting him to the victim or crime scene, obviously. Mm. But Eileen told her story on the on the stand, as did her sister Janice and mom Leah, who testified that her ex-husband had been physically abusive towards her and felt he was capable of what he was accused of. Right. But okay, okay. I'm gonna several. (laughs) Sorry. Several psychiatrists testified for the prosecution about other cases of repressed memories coming to light and proving reliable. Okay. After a month-long trial and eight hours of jury deliberations, only eight hours in in a murder trial, which is quite fast. That is quite fast. George was found guilty of first-degree murder. Okay. I'm overwhelmed, Eileen told reporters, after the verdict in November 1990. I'm extremely relieved that it's over. I know I've done the right thing. But no. (sighs) Sorry, I have a feeling this is not going to end the way. It's not going to end the way we want it to end. I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) there can't be a true victory for me because my father's still going to prison she felt actually bad for her father like she didn't want to she didn't want to be the daughter of this like murderer um but anyway margaret nason susan's mother said it does lay to rest 21 years later she and her husband don nason still lived in the same foster city home where they had once been raising susan and her older sister speaking as to why detectives had never taken a good look at george back in 1969 the district attorney eileen tipton the lead prosecutor said 21 years ago it was assumed that persons who molested children were strangers outsiders and phantoms They appeared and then they went away. At the time, she explained, authorities weren't inclined to suspect a familiar face from the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. I'm convinced the verdict will stand, she said. In January 1992, San Mateo Municipal Court Judge Thomas M. Smith gave George a life sentence with the possibility of parole, calling him a depraved and wicked man. Okay. While she had sounded conflicted about her father's ultimate fate, Eileen had written in a letter to the probation department, which provided the sentencing recommendation. George Franklin should spend the last moments of his life imprisoned, which is far better than how Susan Nason spent hers. Okay. 
Three years later, an appellate court threw out the conviction, agreeing with the defense that George did not get a fair trial, that the judge had wrongfully excluded newspaper articles that could have bolstered their argument that Eileen had read details about the crime and woven them into her story. Adding to their appeal, Janice Franklin had come forward to say that she and her sister had been hypnotized before the trial to see if the experience could bring even more memories to light, contradicting Eileen's claim that she never went underwent related hypnosis. Oh my God, okay. So she basically committed perjury by saying that she never was hypnotized on the stand. Yes. not a good look, okay? Not a good look, no. Moreover, according to defense attorney Douglas Horngrad, prosecutors had considered charging George with another murder, also based on a memory Eileen claimed to have of her father killing 18-year-old Veronica Cassio of Pacifica, California. Okay. Her body, stabbed 30 times, was found in a creek on a local golf course on January 8, 1976. But the defense team confirmed that George had an alibi for when Veronica died, and a DNA test of the semen found on the victim was not a match. Okay. That case stayed cold until 2014 when a DNA match implicated Oregon prison inmate Rodney Lynn Halboer, who was behind bars for attempted murder. He was convicted of the murders of Veronica and 17-year-old Paula Baxter, both of which were among five San Mateo County slangs in 1976, dubbed the Gypsy Hill Killings. In 2018 and given two life sentences. So with all of that, Eileen's versions of events was called into dire question. Well, no shit. Yeah. No fucking shit. Yeah. Leah, her mother, had also come to doubt the concept of repressed memories and her daughter's story. Okay. I realized it was all wrong, she told the Los Angeles Times in 1995. I got some information, I believed it, and I later found it was wrong. Okay. George had remained in prison while prosecutors fought the ruling, but in July 1996, he was released. San Mateo County District Attorney Jim Fox said his office wouldn't be retrying the case, that they simply didn't have the evidence to obtain a conviction. Deputy Chief District Attorney Stephen Wagstaff said that the evidence they presented in 1990 was valid and appropriate, and the court's decision didn't change that. I don't think we'll ever see a case like this again, nor do we want to, calling the ruling heartbreaking. Fox said that he had talked to Eileen and to Susan Nason's parents before announcing his decision. They are terribly disappointed, but they absolutely understand it, he said. Meanwhile, George's lawyer, Horngrad, told reporters that his client has been in prison or jail for six years, seven months, and four days. It is an absolute travesty and a tragedy. George is going to get out of jail tomorrow and put his life back together. This has been a terrible experience for him. Talking to the Los Angeles Times later, the attorney said, The broader lesson here is that you cannot, nor should you, charge someone criminally, deprive them of their liberty based on so-called repressed memory. George died in 2016. It's really hard to determine who the perpetrator is. It still could be George. Barry, director Pines, uh, recently told Oxygen.com, even if you don't believe Eileen and believe that her memory is false, he may still have done it. Everyone in that family suspected him for a good reason. 
He was a pedophile. He knew the victim. He lived close by, but it's very hard to reach any certainty in the case. The concept of repressed memory, which rose to prominence in the wake of the Franklin saga as the foundation for countless damage-seeking lawsuits and explosive accusations, and then was just as vehemently disputed by those who found the process completely unreliable or downright fraudulent in some cases, remains controversial to this day. Sometimes nowadays it's called dissociative amnesia, but it is still so controversial and disputable within the memory research community, Pines told Vanity Fair. You will come across experts who will tell you there is a mechanism like this and that it might even be very common for people to have repressed memories, but then you will talk with other experts who tell you that there's no such thing. The the other thing that this article does not explore and does not cover that they do and buried is that Janice, her sister, basically mm-hmm. after a few years of all this, she like Eileen is getting book deals. She's getting money. She's getting uh, appearances. She's getting all this. And she's like, my sister's a fucking liar. That was when the second murder accusation came into play. So when which the turned out to be accusation came in. Her sister was like, you're a fucking liar. Yeah. Now you're just milking this. Got it. OK. Got yes. It. So I think she saw that she was taking this further than she should have with rep- with her repressed memory and saying, mm-hmm. oh, I can get convict him on anything now. Um, and maybe, and maybe she did recur. Maybe he did do other things that were bad. Maybe he did, but right. because she didn't, the things that she was saying weren't one hundred percent. Like she couldn't remember them one hundred percent. She right. was now just like trying to put pieces where they didn't belong. Yeah, that's yeah. This is a tough. Obviously, this is such a tough one. The guy was a piece of shit. He was an asshole, and I feel like did deserve to be in prison for yeah. what he did to his family for sure. Yeah. Um. Do I? Do, yeah, it's one of those ones where I'm like, I don't know if I. I don't know. I don't know if he did it or not. The question though is, do you believe not. in repressed memory? I don't, okay, two things. I don't believe that there's enough evidence to convict him, even with her saying that it's repressed memory. Yeah. I don't think that's valid evidence mm-hmm. um, to convict someone of murder. I think I'm leaning more towards that he did it based on who he was as a person. And, right. And and yes, I believe in repressed memory. I do. Yeah, so do um, I. I don't believe in, <sighs> here's the problem. I think that when you get hypnotized, you're obviously in a vulnerable state. So mm-hmm. I believe that a hypnotist could potentially alter put your memories memory. into yeah. your brain that mm-hmm. did not happen. I believe right. that too. So if she just hadn't have gone to a fucking hypnotist, I would have been like, yeah, 100%. I believe he did it. Yeah. 100%. The thing is, I don't but, know if I believe fully in hypnosis. So I'm like, to me, I'm just like, I mean, she could have just remembered this naturally, like through well, therapy. She, that's the thing is that she did. She remembered she did. it when that little girl, Jessica, was sitting in front of her. But her daughter was sitting in front of her, but she had been previously hypnotized. Was she? Pre- oh, she was pre- hypnotized previously to that memory. Yes. Yeah, okay. So they're basically okay. claiming that her memories were altered through hypnosis prior to the memory coming forward. I buy that too. I buy both of them. Like yeah. I buy both of like If she had come to that repressed memory without being hypnotized or without without the goal of the hypnosis being to find 
things that her father had done to them. Because yeah. that was the goal of her and yes. her sister. Yes. Was to find out. So things. she originally claimed that the hypnosis was to lose weight. It wasn't okay. about the. She said that she w- had been hypnotized just to, for weight loss. Not well, about her dad. Well, lady, you perjured yourself. So now I don't believe. I don't know if I can believe you yeah. when you tell me that. Like I know. I know. You know. But like how would. And, and the fact that she didn't want to really say anything right away. Like I feel like she knew that it her memories could be questionable because of the hypnosis. Yeah. But but because they were so vivid and her husband was probably hearing all this and was like, this is fuck. This is crazy. Do I like, believe that her dad did it? I'm going to lean more towards, yeah. Yes, I do. I do think he did. I do think he did. And I think that her memories were probably valid. Like, I do think that she those were probably real memories. Yeah. Based on the the, his past history. I also feel like the way the defense argued the case Mm -hmm. was exactly how any defense would argue a case when someone's actually done it. They, They tried to create any doubt any doubt in anyone's yeah. mind that that these memories were not real yeah and they successfully did so and yeah. that that's all they needed to do yeah. in order to get him dismissed they didn't need to provide any alternative evidence like they didn't need to provide any evidence towards someone else they had no dna so all they needed to do was call her into question and then that that's what they did well that's the thing is it's not up to the defense to prove that he didn't do it it's up to the right. prosecution to prove that they did Exactly. Right. And I don't think they had enough evidence at the end of the day. No, and at the time it was really hard to find evidence on that kind of thing. So, anyway. Anyway, yeah. So let's do some uh, famous Capricorn fuck, Mary kills. Frig, Mary kills. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to go first? Yes. I'm doing Kate Middleton, Mm. Denzel Washington, Mm. and LeBron James. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill uh, LeBron. Wow. Okay. I don't know. After what I don't really Kate wanna... did to Megan? No, I'm just kidding. I, actually, I don't believe any I actually of that don't fucking know. PR bullshit of be, between any of those people. Megan Markle. I'm so I'm sorry, but I've never been a Markle oh, fan. God. I know nothing about. I know nothing about them. I'm totally but kidding. Even even if the Royals are frigged up and messed with Megan and threatened her sure. life whatever sure I don't think Kate Middleton is at the center of it like I really don't feel like she's the reason I don't know I also just feel like whatever she's fine um I'm, I'm I wouldn't marry her I would probably sleep with Kate Middleton marry mm-hmm. Denzel Washington kill LeBron James okay that's probably those are my answers I'm killing Kate okay I'm marrying Denzel and I'm sleeping okay. with LeBron. LeBron. I just was scared to sleep with LeBron, to be completely honest. Okay. Just fearful of how gigantic he is and that I might get The sheer size alone. He's The sheer size alone is just too much for my, my, (laughs) my brain. He's a very tall man. Yeah. Okay. So that's cool. (laughs) Um, Okay. So mine are uh, basically the like queens of, of uh, 1990s television talk show dateline shit okay diane sawyer okay meredith vera okay katie couric okay so i think i'm gonna kill katie couric okay i'm gonna have sex with diane sawyer yeah okay 
because she's real blonde and I like I'm blonde. Cool. And, um, Meredith Vieira looks like she would be such a lovely wife. So I'm going to marry Meredith Vieira. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. So I've always just really felt like Katie Couric had rest, like the queen of resting bitch face. Totally. And like n- nothing wrong with that. I just, no. it makes me feel not any warmth towards her. So I agree mm-hmm. with, with that. And Diane Sawyer is a babe. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to. You said sleep with her or marry her? Sleep with her. Sleep with her and then marry Meredith. Yeah. Yep. I'm down with yeah. that decision. Okay, good. Good. Cool. Wow. Well, guys, you know, that's showbiz, baby. Yeah. No, wait. I wanted to say something before oh. we cut. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. So just again, wanted to reiterate, this is going to be on Apple Subscribe. So if you don't want to listen to ads on this or you don't want to listen, you've already listened to them at this point, I guess. But if you don't want to listen to ads on their next Anymore. episode, yeah, yeah, yeah. make sure you use Apple Subscribe and then, you know, you're supporting us financially a little bit for this content that we've been giving you for free since 2017. I mean, you're either and supporting the-, the advertisers or you're supporting us. So- us. If you're listening to the ads, you're supporting them and the big the right. man or mm-hmm. independent artists Indie like podcasters, us. Yes. Like us. Exactly. And then um also I just wanted to ask everyone, you know, sometimes you can't you can't afford sometimes you do need free content and I get that. So if you still want to support our podcast but you can't support us in a monetary way, please, please, please rate, review, and subscribe. The yes. reviews are the most important thing not just hitting the five star. If you just write oh, even a one sentence that you like our show, that helps us out so much. I don't think people realize actually how influential writing those reviews are. So if you can't contribute in a monetary way, but you still want to help us, that is a free way that you can. Totally. really need you guys to stay spooky. Yeah, because that's showbiz baby for the second time. Goodbye. Bye. (laughs) This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 